Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of what I thought was a pretty fiery episode just last week where Ryan and I came on for episode 94. Tyrese Halbert in the Hill we're willing to die on. It was a good episode where we talked about the current state of the Kings, the franchise, and how the franchise has no balls. If you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. Will's good. What's going on? So we're recording. What is it? Fuck. It's it's Wednesday night already. Holy shit. Uh, it is Wednesday, Wednesday, December 22nd. Kings are at halftime right now with the Clippers. Uh, down by, I believe, 13 um, games. I'm going to turn the game on my phone while we're while we're doing this simultaneously. So um, I will catch the second half. I watched the whole first half. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird right now. Like, dude, all this COVID and health and safety protocols and shit. Uh, but for the most part, Sacramento, you know, like they have Buddy Heald out there, Halliburton, Holmes is back, and Harrison Barnes. So, you know, you you have a large part of your core. Um, you're just missing your best player, but uh, not very competitive. <laughs> Let's just say yeah. that not very competitive to a to a Clippers team that I don't think that is that great. You know, like I, I just don't think that Clippers team with Kawhi Leonard is that great. And uh, but you know, uh, Sacramento's getting the shit kicked out. I have been hell alive bet in this game, dude. I for real like have like eight live bets going right now. Um, that I'm gonna hit on. Um, you know, you always gotta bet that, you know, anytime there's a big center coming to town, you always gotta bet the over. I believe it was eight and a half for Zubox. I think he's sitting at six right now at halftime, so that should hit. Um, I took I was telling you earlier, I took the the under on the points, rebounds and assists for Paul George. I believe it was 31 and a half. I took the under on that. That should hit. He's sitting like at nine right now. So um you know, when when the Kings are getting the shit kicked out of them, usually I, I start live betting, try to hit those bets to make my night a little better. So uh, drink a choice tonight. No beer for me. I'm trying to cut back on the beers, um, at least during the week. You know, I I had my surgery and I'm finally pretty much, you know, I'm not fully recovered, but I'd say I'm about 65 to 75 percent. So I'm, I'm working out again. I'm playing basketball again. So, you know, I, a little Tito's and Fresca tonight, a little zero calorie Fresca trying to cut back a little bit so i'm feeling good man yeah we uh haven't really well we had the opportunity to go to the game tonight we passed on that one and mostly because we we needed to get an episode out before christmas uh it was hard to get one we're like a day behind at least where we we put it out so we made that effort but i wasn't really interested in going to the game town we've already seen the, i think i've seen the clippers like two two times at least already this year man. so we you know we went to the game last week that was the first one with all the covid protocol stuff um, we dipped out pretty early on that one. The arena was kind of dead. 
you know, right, which you could understand. Um, so yeah, the last week since our last episode, I guess I would say as far as the on court stuff, it's kind of just what it is. I mean, I think the, you know, the Kings, they got, they got a win in there. You know, the thing that pisses me off, dude, about the Kings is besides all the normal things that piss me off about the Kings is I always say, I'm not going to bet their games. I'm not going to bet for them because I don't trust them. And, but, you know, occasionally I'll bet against them. And so they looked terrible against the Grizzlies last Friday. And then they go play the Spurs on Sunday night. And those fuckers beat the Spurs, dude. And they messed up my parlay. I got worked that game. I, I, I did the usual bet on the center at eight and a half rebounds. He finishes with eight, the opposing center. I bet against the Kings in the third quarter. Didn't work out for me, you know, so just the goddamn Kings, you know what I mean? It's like I, I at some point I'm going to learn my lesson not to bet their games because I feel like they're just so unpredictable. But, yeah, I mean, the last the, the hasn't been really honestly even been that many games since the last time that we recorded either. So, the, like I said, on court stuff, not too much, too much. But I would say perfect timing for us to drop episode 94 last week, Ryan. And we, you know, for those of you who haven't listened, I would say stop, go back, listen, you know, if you want and come back in. Um, but that was our Tyrese Halliburton uh, in the hill. We're willing to die. And it's something Ryan and I sat on for, for, for a long time. We've been sitting on this for a, this take for a long time and felt it was right, appropriate to come out. And that has been the, t- the big talk, I would say, of Kingsland right now, which is Tyrese Halliburton, his role, you know, all of that. So the fitting that we dropped the episode around that time, you know, so I kind of want to look back on the episode. We got some, we got a lot of feedback, Ryan. We got a lot of feedback on the mic or on the, uh, on the episode rather about Tyrese Halliburton and, and all that, you know, some people were like, man, great episode. You guys came out firing, right? Things. I had somebody hit me up on Twitter, uh, you know, cause Tyrese Halliburton scored 21 points and in a loss the other day. Oh, is it time to apologize? It's like that. There it is right there. Right. And there's always the great divide, you know, every year it's always the great divide. Yeah. You know what? And and people mistake our, you know, like I guarantee like people look at the title and they mistake our, our episode for um, something that it wasn't what that it wasn't. Right. So like they see, you know, like the hill we're going to die on. They're like, oh, they're probably just bashing Halliburton. And in reality, we didn't really bash Halliburton at all. We just stated that you know he's probably not an all-star player right like he's not a guy who's going to carry the franchise um so there's that but um you know you talk you talk about the great divide it it's it's hilarious because the the big argument i've been seeing against deer and fox lately is oh he's been here four or five years whatever the hell it's been now yeah he's putting up stats but there he's just he's so into himself he's he's very individual Right. He's he's an individual. He doesn't it doesn't relate to winning. Well, since he's been out, the Kings are about to be one and four, and everyone's praising Halliburton. You know what I mean? And it's like your one win was against the Spurs, you know. So um it, it like tonight, like I said, you got Buddy, you got Harrison Barnes, and you have Holmes back. What's the excuse now, right? Like the team's playing a Clippers team that's not that great, right? That I think that they should, you know, talent-wise, we match up with them and um, they're getting work tonight. Halliburton's not playing that well. So it's, you know, there, there's always this, you know, these one-sided arguments. People want to get on Darren Fox, but then they don't want to be truthful about the other stuff, right? You don't want to hold other guys accountable, right? You only want to hold Buddy accountable for, you know, his first half that he's been having, you know, but you don't want to hold, you know, Halliburton account accountable for the things that he's done. So 
Um, again, right. I, I don't need to go over the whole episode, but Halliburton, good player, right? He he's definitely done well over the last, you know, five games statistically, but it hasn't led to wins. So, you know, it is what it is. Empty stats, right? It, it, you know, at that point, Hey, great. You're putting up great stats. You're on this quote unquote historic streak that they're just blabbering about on the broadcast. And it's like, yeah, they're one in three since that streak, you know? So, uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, I, I, I am happy though. One thing about Halliburton that he really has picked up is he's shooting 41% from the three point line this year after shit dude the after like two weeks he was shooting like 26 percent or something horrible so um there you know he is on the on the up and up and efficiency getting back to where he was last year so that's good to see well so to dive in a little more you 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 kind of touched a lot there right but uh, you're right that you know we i title those episodes in a certain way because you know we're an independent podcast we're we're a we're, we're, we're just some guys. We always, we always say that. And, and so a lot of it is like I started titling them to kind of draw a little bit of attention because I think that some of that stuff is polarizing. And I wanted to see if people would listen to it and and kind of derive the take that uh, we were making. Right. And see if that came through in the episode. Um, but like like you said, it's people. You know, I put the deal, the hill we're willing to die on because a lot of people already made up their mind and they die on hills and they cherry pick stats. That's a very common thing amongst fans when it comes to the Kings. They like to cherry pick stats. They like to project success onto players without them ever having to fulfill that. They did that with people did that with Bogdanovich. They, I mean, you the, the player list really is endless of of. Uh, Oh, if this guy only played this much, then it it would equate to this much success. Okay, they they do they do that shit, and and that's where um, it's the the debate. It's a debate between Fox and Halberton and something we brought up. I went on a couple other Kings podcasts in the off season. I I was telling everybody this on behalf of me and you, right? We said like. Darren Fox is is really 25 points a game. That's really good. Okay. And if you want to talk about team success, like it's a team game. And the Kings have had a lot of turnover in the front office and the coaching staff really since Darren Fox has been there. They haven't surrounded him with another all-star level player. The one trade they did make for Harrison Barnes that was notable didn't really move the needle. The only other acquisition that was notable was Rashawn Holmes, who they signed and intended on being a backup. You know what I mean? And so, like, you know, there's a a career is long. A career takes time. And so, especially when you're a crappy, shitty, extremely crappy, shitty franchise like the Kings, like to, to pin the, the win success on Fox and then project potential success on Halberton just because you like him is fucking bullshit. And that's some of the takes that came out against us on the end of, at, at the end of the episode, Ryan. And it's like somebody really pinpoint pointed the Spurs game. And they were like, well, Tyrus Halbert, 21 points and 10, whatever, fucking 10 rebounds. And look at he beat the Spurs. Darren Fox lost against the Spurs last time they played early this season. I'm like, well, Darren Fox, he against the Spurs early in the season, he dropped 36 points. They dropped 36 points. Like, that's pretty fucking impressive. No one wants to look at that. Oh, buddy, he'll drop 29 again in the game in the win the other day. He dropped 29. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Metu had the, the, the game of his fucking life 20 double double 21 point you know so it's like you don't evaluate players in these little individual like um like you know windows you look at it in totality and that's the point that was the point of the episode it's and and you reiterated a lot and we'll continue to reiterate it for those who listen if you want to look at the titles i'd say fuck off you know what i mean 
But what we've said is that Hal Burton, you know, needs the ball in his hand. And for him to succeed, it pushes your best player off ball. That was our point going into the year. That was a point on the episode. And that's really what we've seen going into the year. There is an opinion, Ryan, that people really think like turn the keys over, let Halliburton be that point guard and just move Fox for a wing player. And I think if it if it were only so easy to just go get all-star wings, he's, I mean, the most coveted the most coveted uh, position in the league is a 25-point a game, D, uh, D, three and D uh, forward, right? Like, okay, like no shit. Like, you know, if you can go get this. I don't know, man. I just think that you have to look at what they have and the, and how, We've said, you've said, I don't think Hal Burton will ever be an all-star. Uh, you know, he could be wrong. And, and, you know, that's just my take now. I think De'Aaron Fox could be up there with the upper echelon of point guards in the NBA. And that's not, that's not a, you know, it's not a knock on one guy. It's just, you have a special dude and you got to build that team around him. And the fact that Kings fans already are in love with a guy who's, you know, statistically this season, I mean, he's up to stats since he's, taken over but 11 points five five assists you know and so i I don't know man it's it's, it was more of a solely role episode right yeah well all right let's be clear 12.8 points 4.1 rebounds 6.2 assists for halliburton which they that's Uh, why i said they just went up since he took over when yeah well you know before he came back in the lineup we're we're looking we're looking about statistical baseline right and uh so the other night for the spurs it, it just to clarify, it wasn't Metu at the game of his life. It was Damian Jones, 23 oh, and 8, 9, 9, of, 9 of 15 from the field. Um, and then, you know, Buddy Heald played 40 minutes, most on the team, 10 for 18, 7 for 9 from 3. You know, so there's a lot of factors that, you know, that go into that. And people are, well, Halliburton got those guys involved. Nah. I mean, outside of Damian Jones, nobody else did anything, right? Like Harrison Barnes, 40 minutes, 14 points. Metu nine points, you know, so it's pretty much just if you guys watched it, it was pretty much like late in the game in the second half, buddy, just fucking lighting them up like buddy just went on a streak where he hit like three threes straight down the court, you know, so um, just to just to clarify that, right, we always want to be accurate with the stats when we can. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm at this point, man, you know, I, I turn on I, I turn on King's Land and all I see is trade deer and Fox trade deer and Fox. And it's just kind of. You know, I, I don't, you know, it, it's kind of shifted from Buddy Heald to that. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of confused about that. It doesn't really make sense to me, you know, um, you know, and the, the one thing, you know, there is some intelligent fans out there that I see on Kingsland is, you know, they say trade Deer and Fox for Jalen Brown. Right. And it's like, OK, I, I like Jalen Brown a lot. I, I, I honestly wouldn't really be opposed to that at all. The problem is. You still only have one star. Right. Like we, we did a, that whole episode on the on the two superstar conundrum. Right. You know, like the the whole you need two stars to be successful in the NBA. And, uh, you know, I, I think trading Darren Fox for Jalen Brown doesn't equate to more wins, really. I, I think that kind of is just a wash. There has to be a way that we make a move and acquire somebody without giving up Darren Fox. So, um well, yeah, that's that's. I, mean, I would say that's that's, the, that's that's the take, though, Ryan. That's what we're saying is like, yeah. When you when you look at the, at the Kings to to build their team, it's the the packet packaging Halbert because of his his contract, his teams. A lot of teams need that need point guards. They, they do, you know, and to to be able to package him and other players makes salaries match really well. 
it doesn't cap strap people like there's a there's a lot mm-hmm. of extra that makes him valuable in a trade and when we get in you know we always think about that stuff that that's why we say that it's like if the Kings, Hal Burton probably could play next to Fox if it meant like the team was way more talented. So like when you have a shit ton of talented people on a team, you kind of just make it work, right? Then 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 those deficiencies don't become so apparent, right? But when you're not extremely talented across the board, like the Kings aren't, the deficiencies are apparent. And and to me, like I said on the last episode, it's appalling it's baffling and fucking outright nuts that going into this year the kings put their best player off the ball you know and, and i'm upset about that i know you're upset about that and really that correlation is just it's just the tyrese Alburn thing and it is very confusing to me on how king's fans out there just so i i we i say ryan that it it never ceases to amaze me on how dumb fucking fans can be i i really does on how the Kings have been bad for so long. They get a good player, and all of a sudden, one one rookie comes in last year and, and looks cool and waves to the fans and plays pretty well, and all of a sudden, you're going to turn over your franchise player. It's, it never ceases to amaze me how dumb people can be. you know. And, and that's where if you take a step back and you watch the NBA in general, how many teams out there have moved young players to get better? Could you imagine if the Kings had been in some of these other teams in other positions that – had made made traded a lot of young valuable players. I mean, look at what the Lakers did a couple years ago, right? They traded several picks, several mm-hmm. guys who had come in. D'Angelo Russell, number two pick. Lonzo Ball was number, number two, two pick. pick. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Kuzma. yeah, Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, Kuzma. Julius, Julius Randle, like six, seventh pick in the draft. Larry, five, Larry Nance, five top ten players right there. Be gone. Let's, let's get better. You know, yeah. if you if if you look at. Uh, that, that's if you look at the good teams, that's what they do. And when you get a good player, you kind of try to ha- need to capture lightning in a bottle, so to speak, and take advantage of the situation. I I hate this. That's why I hate the fucking bullshit take about tanking. Because like, okay, you know, not to go too often to change my taking, but things went several years where they had I think like seven first round picks in like a three year span. Literally, look, look at where we are now. So you okay? You want to go back to that and ha- and so you can do mock drafts. Fucking good for you. And it's why I'm not really so big on the like. Let's just let's just develop players and go through the draft. I made this point, but I'm gonna say it again, Ryan. Like I'm gonna take this for a second. There's never you, you really uh, in NBA history you can't find a team that's ever just drafted players and just built a team and just dominated unless it included literally a top 10 player of all time. And that's, that's that. And that's it. Now you, those are outliers. So people like to cite the Warriors. Steph Curry, arguably end of his career, could be the greatest point guard of all time. They like to cite the bulls. Well, Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. You know what I mean? Besides that, you find me a team that didn't make trades, didn't make acquisitions. You find me one. You will not find one. You will not find one. I challenge you. You will not find one, you know? And, and that's where people need to just get off of that and stop falling in love with, Cool players. They're cool players. Tyus Alvin's a really fucking cool player. Honestly, he is. And he'll if he went to like, dude, if he went to the Sixers, he would be cool, dude. He went to a lot of teams. He wouldn't he be cool? But like at the end of the day, you know, there's 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 a there's a there's there's a level. You know what I mean? There's a level of player. You know that next level. And Darren Fox has the potential to be that next level. And for the Kings to move off, want to move off like that? That's nuts to me, bro. 
Yeah, well, I don't think it's the Kings that want to move off of that. I think it's Kings fans. That's so, what I meant. That's what, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I highly doubt Darren Fox is going anywhere. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that's a good point about the you know the top ten players of all time. Um, there's really not a team that I could think of that you know built through the draft and it, it worked without having a you know one of the greatest players of all time. That's, Look at the Spurs. It's like so. If you're sitting home, oh, the Spurs, greatest, is, greatest power forward of all time, right? Great, greatest six man of all time, Hall of Fame point guard, Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, uh, outliers. You know, just, yeah. There's, you know, yeah. You can't, you can't find <laughs> yeah. one. It's, it, it's, it's it. And, and I, I like to play that game when it, when, when you drop a take, you know, because people, it's, it's so easy to be like, oh, we should go through the draft or we should do this, you know, I. I Really, there's we've said there's there's three ways to acquire players for the Kings, dude. It's to trade for them, it's to draft them, and it's to sign them. You know, you only get two picks every year, you know, and that's that's a fucking crapshoot. <laughs> you know, uh, signing players, okay, that's so situational. I mean, you have to have the perfect roster with the right players to sign a guy. Big time players don't hit free agency like that anyway, and then if they do, you're a Sacramento. So there's that, and then there's trades. And it's like we talked about, we, we capped the episode last week going on this, right? About how the Kings have no balls. And we talked about Miles Turner, Sabonis, Simmons, Siakam, names like that that were out there. And it's like the King, what, what do you keep hearing out there from the, the reports around the Kings, right? And like, oh, you know, Hal Burton's untouchable or so-and-so's untouchable. It's like, you know, if, if that's the position that you're in, then you, you're going to remain where they're at, I guess, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. You got to have the balls to make a move, man. At some point, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, "Fuck, we're the worst ran franchise in American sports." I say it every week on the podcast. That's like my thing. Worst ran franchise in American sports. Look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself, right? We've 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 exhausted all other options, right? Let's do something we haven't done before. Well, technically, we did once. Went and got Chris Weber, right? Why not do it again? Why not? You know, I'm not saying that going and getting Ben Simmons is the same as getting Chris Weber and it's going to end up the, the same. I'm not saying that at all, but it, it's the one it, it's the one option that you haven't done in the last 17 years. So why not? I I don't know. You know, uh, I, I was thinking while you were talking. You know, the. Would we be in this situation? Just kind of backtracking a little bit, but. Going back to Halliburton, would we be in this situation if Sacramento would have just traded the pick this past year instead of getting Davion Mitchell? A lot of people, you know, the whole thing about trading Darren Fox is the, the the whole thing about trading Darren Fox is well, we have Davion Mitchell, right? What the fuck has Davion Mitchell done in the NBA? It's not like he's a it's not like he's an elite defender like everybody thought he was going to be. He's not, right? Statistically, he's not. You can go look at all the advanced statistics you want. I went and looked. Right. Cause I was like, let's go see. Okay. Let's see, you know, everybody in Kingsland. I'm not a big advanced statistics guy like that, but I went and looked. He's not. He's subpar on the team in, in advanced defense statistics. Right. He's not a great scorer. He's undersized. He doesn't shoot well. You know, so everybody's just thinking, oh, well, we got, we got Davion Mitchell. We'll be okay if we let Darren Fox go in. And I don't really think that's the case. I think if we would have went and traded the pick in the offseason, like I said, we should have, like you said, we should have. Right. And and you could have moved him and Buddy Hill like everybody wants. You could have went and got your wing, right? Now I'm not saying you would have went and got Jalen Brown, but you could have got a, a a pretty good three and D guy out on the market. There there was guys available. You know, so I, I think the whole 
you know, I, I think people are putting too much eggs in, in Davion Mitchell's, you know, little basket over there saying that he's going to be the guy. And in reality, guy hasn't fucking done nothing, right? There's a guy on Kingsland, Ryan Jamison, right? And, and he, he did this breakdown for everybody. And, you know, he talked about guys who move the needle and, and records since guys got here, you know, records the same with Halliburton when he got here. Records the same with Davion Mitchell. Right. When he got here, it's, it's a, you know, with the way the record's going this year. And it's like, yeah, that's a good take. You know, like I, I, I don't think guys like Davion Mitchell um, should be counted on just like how people are throwing all their eggs in Halliburton's basket after literally 80 games in the NBA night, oh, probably 95 games now. But it's like, dude, why, why are you just going for these young guys and, and hoping that they're the savior when you could have moved this guy and buddy healed in, in that money and matched a contract and brought back a really good NBA player, you know, like you're telling me that that not Portland, uh, that Toronto who, you know, the whole stuff with Siakam that they wouldn't have took. What was Davion Mitchell? Seven, 10, nine, I think 10, nine, something like that. They wouldn't have took, you know, buddy healed in the number nine pick or Harrison Barnes, in the number nine pick for, for Siakam or something, you know? So I really think everybody just counts on Davion Mitchell to automatically step in that role and fill in for Darren Fox. And I think that's a big misconception. I, I really do. I think that's a big confusion for people. And I, I, you know, I always bring that up. I'm like, yeah, you, you lose Darren Fox. What do you do? You guys hate buddy healed. You want to move him. So you're, you're really going to go Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell in the starting backcourt playing 32 to 35 minutes. And I get the fuck out of here. They're not. Winning. Well, that's, that's, Those that's guys can't score enough. They can't score enough that's a recipe for a regression team. And that's, that's where I say like people, you know, they, they like to project, they like to project success on people before they've ever had success. That's where the, that's where the tank crowd comes from. That's where these take, these takes come from because they just, they, they think it's, it's, you know, this equals this, you know, player equals player. That's what they think. And, and, and without them ever having to do it, that is the problem with fans that's the problem you know for, for, for me and you i think we look we're fans of nba history we've watched teams the last 25 years you and i very closely right we we and and we, all you have to do is just lean on history lean on what's been done you know what what's 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 there what's the model that's been done before the model shows you that with with the exception of of generate you know generational within you know in a decade type of player you can't really rely on a bunch of young players to dominate and turn it over you cannot um it 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 it's, doesn't work that way and so people want to see the kings that go you know go backwards because they believe that it's going to move them forward right and that doesn't always work sometimes you go backwards you stay backwards or you stay where they're at the best way is just to take that next step forward from where the point that you're at as long as you're in good cap situation and the Kings are in good cap situation, as long as you have your draft assets, which the Kings have their draft assets, you know what I mean? So if you don't have your draft ass assets and you're not in good cap situation, that's the only time I've, I really support you taking on shitty contracts and stalling for a year or two. All right. That's the only time I usually support that. But in the Kings case, that's not the case where it's not where they're at right now, you know? And that's a great thing about what we've said. That's why we've been hashtag TTP trade to pick for two off seasons in a row, Ryan, because, you know, you see De'Aaron Fox starting to uh, ascend, right? So the timing's right. Like, okay, let's take our biggest asset, which is our, 
draft capital and let's parlay that into talent. Let's do that. Let's package specialty players such as Buddy Heald or, you know, package uh, several years ago, specialty players such as Bogdanovich. And I mean, Ryan, amazing. You know, how many people clamored on to Bogdanovich at the trade deadline back in 2020 and when they, the trade was on the table for Kyle Kuzma and, and they, the Kings said no. Could you imagine if the Kings had made a trade for Kyle Kuzma at that time and done that? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just little things like that. Those those holding on to and, and the unwillingness to dra- trade what assets you have to get better, that's holding the Kings back and have held the Kings back. And that's why right now where we look at the Kings, the Kings are better off if they can parlay Halliburton, especially if they can parlay Halliburton for an all-star. That's why the Ben Simmons stuff got so many Kings fans so crazy this offseason because it's like if you can parlay that guy, Buddy, some draft capital, and you can turn that into an all-star player, the Kings will be better. Will they be better this year? Maybe not because they're going to take a hit on their roster, but that's they're set up for success for the future moving forward. And you got to do, you got to consider and do things like that, man. And I, I hear you about that. The projecting success onto onto guys is so uncool, dude. I, I it is such a it's such a trash take. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody. You know, <laughs> everybody was all in, and and I'm not saying Davion Mitchell is not going to be a good NBA player. I think he's got some good qualities, right? But at the end of the day, man, for you to just want to trade a, you know, in my opinion, talent wise, you know, the best point guard in Sacramento history, talent wise, you know, like the potential, like physical talent, just because you think that Davion Mitchell can come in and fill that role is fucking retarded, dude. Sorry. (laughs) You know, like I don't, I don't like to say that word, you know, but it is, it's just dumb. It's like, what you're going to put your, you know, you're going to put all your eggs in, in Davion Mitchell's basket. The the guy's like 23 years old already. You know, it's not like he's 19. If, if Davion Mitchell was 19 right now, like how, you know, Darren Fox was when he came in, he was showing this type of, uh, you know, play. I'd be like, okay, cool. Now we have about four years of him to improve and him to show us. Right. But the fact is, the guy's 23 years old. How much better do you think Davion Mitchell gets in the next four years? You I know, think, well, I, I, that's I, where I'm, I look I at it. I would be too. fair to nothing. I personally, I'm not picking on Davion Mitchell because he's a rookie and I don't have high expectations for rookies. I think they grow into their game and develop into the game. He's literally got seven years until he hits what you consider like that prime level. So, you know, I'm not, I hear what you're saying. For me, I'm not picking at him as much. It's more like, my my take on on what you're saying is more if you were to re- rely on him now it wouldn't translate and, and you can't and there is no guarantee that he ever is going to reach the level that you think right and that's kind of what you're saying right there's no guarantee and so anytime you have someone who is a young player and shows promise and holds value and you on your roster and you want to get better you do have to consider that you do have to consider the trading them you do have to consider doing that if that option is on the table right and that's you know and, and that's where uh, we understood the selection of Halliburton two years ago but because you know where the kings are at but this last year really was the, T- the ttp really was should have been on the table it really should have been on the table i mean for the kings to really get a high-end starter for for a ninth pick in the draft especially if they packaged it with a buddy man they really could have gotten someone really solid you know and it's just that one move right there the what if stuff if you look at that had they done that you 
nobody listening can honestly sit here and tell us that the Kings wouldn't be better today because of it, you know? And that's why, you know, it all kind of uh, affects each other in my take. And like, that's why I don't like to rely on the draft too much sitting here and never, never, um, never making a, an aggressive move and just continuously drafting players. And that's it. And then signing, signing guys and enforcing, this is the, that's the Kings model, dude. It's like, we're just going to keep drafting players. And then we're going to sign guys that on other rosters and ask them to play a bigger role here. That's not a recipe to build a successful team, dude. If you look at all the, you know, that's not a recipe for a successful team, you know? And, and I, I, right. No, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look at look at Mo Harkless. <laughs> Mo Harkless literally know, wasn't playing in in Miami. Literally, he was, was not playing. He, yeah, he was not playing. And the Kings rolled out with him day one as the starting three or four, whatever you want to call him. And he was playing, you know, 26, 27 minutes a night. It's it's crazy. You, you hit that. You hit that right on the nail. And it's literally you're asking these guys to come in and do something that it's like they've never done. And it's like, and you're expecting a different result. Right. Like, isn't that like the definition? I always hear you. That's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. It's like, come on, man. Like, why would you expect this guy to come in and give you a different result when he's proven his 10 years in the NBA? That's not who he is. Well, that's why we were always so, when people get so hyped about, you look at, there's, it's NBA, it's the NBA. Okay. There's only, there's a bunch of minutes to go around. So that's why I don't get hyped on. Metu, when he plays, has one good game. I don't get hyped on Damian Jones when he has a great game. I don't get hyped on a lot of players when they come to the Kings and they play because it's like someone's got to get it. Someone's got to get the stats. Someone's got to get the points. But in totality of the season, does it translate? No, you know, no, it doesn't. That that whole thing about asking players to play, um, you know, play bigger roles. And then it, and it tricks fans. It tricks fans in their brain. It tricks their take because then they see them going out there and, and they're like, well, only if remember people said it about Bogdanovich. Oh, if Bogdanovich only only did this, he could be an all-star. He could be he could be this level player. He it's like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, like is are you sure about that? Right. And then uh then it comes into where you want to oversign guys. It's what happened with Holmes last year, Ryan, where Rashawn Holmes was a career journeyman. He came in and then everybody remember, oh, his market, it's it's it could be up to 20 million a year. His market was 10 million a year. And that was a generous 10 from the Kings. You know what I mean? And so the overvaluing things have been a consistent staple of an opinion on our show. And, um, you know, I, I think that it's just, it's, I hate that we have to, people call us buddy, buddy defenders and buddy, like whatever they want to call us. Like basically we, we, buddy can do no wrong. They think we hate Halliburton. They think us. And I always say, no, we don't. It's just, I think that, the takes are so outlandish that being it, bringing people back in the middle makes you look exactly. like you're like you're bad, right? That's yeah. We, we just we from. just think you know I'm gonna, I'll tell you how it is, right? I, we just think that you have such shit takes that we have to bring you back to earth, right? We have to really sell you know what we're what we're saying about Halliburton and put things into perspective for for people to really see what's really going on. So. uh yeah, yeah. bringing you bringing you back to bring, bring you back to earth, man. Bring it back to middle is 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 haterville, right? Hey, I got something. Uh, this is this is a funny thing. I'm, I I needed to make sure I brought this up on on the podcast. So, um, yesterday, scrolling through King's Twitter, Katie, uh, I don't know, Katie Hunter, Katie Christensen, I think, or whatever her name is. Now I can't remember what the real one is. Um, but anyway, the point she she uh, posted 
This is the uh, anniversary of the Boogie Portland Trailblazers game where he dropped 55. And I I loved it because she posted the clip where, where he's um, getting interviewed by her at the end of the game. And we were at that game. And I said, this is probably uh, my favorite game I've ever attended because it was me, you, our other brother, and I think another friend. And we were hammered. We were so hammered that game. And, you know, Boogie was getting hung on. I think they teed him up. He went out. To, he went in the locker room and then they rescinded it. And so he came back on the court and uh, golden one erupted when he came back out of out of the tunnel uh, in that game. And the Kings win. He drops. I mean, he comes back. Right. And the place goes fucking nuts and we're hammered like oh my god you know and i, I posted that jordan belfort uh meme like the show goes on you know we're not fucking leaving i'm not, I'm fucking, not fucking leaving leave. i'm not fucking leaving you know and that's what it was like he came back and he dropped 55 on the the blazers and the kings got the dub um so i wanted to bring that up on the podcast but that was such a fun uh six i'm looking at right now dude he had 16 for 17 free throws from free throw man boogie could shoot free throws dude yeah, a hey, uh, shout out Boogie tonight, dude. He had like fifteen and seven, like going into the third quarter, and I filmed Milwaukee. Man, he had this, he had this nasty like two plays in a row, two sequences down the court, dude. He just freaking bodied, he bodied somebody, and then next time down the court, do a little put back dunk, dude, on like two dudes, and it's like fuck, man. He's just a shell of what he used to be, but people really forget how freaking dominant that guy was. You know, people people really forget how good he was. And he just carried, you know, Sacramento for a year. I mean, they fucking sucked. But with if he wasn't on those teams, gosh, those teams win under 20 games every year. They were so bad. Those teams were so freaking bad that without without Boogie, man, for those seven years that we had him, man. Oh yeah, so dominant. 18 and eight today, dude. How about that? So yeah, yeah. Boogie's got he's you know, I this fool don't play no type of defense, dude. I watched it earlier. (laughs) No type of defense, right? Like you could just tell, like he's just like, screw this. But man, that guy grabs rebounds and he is a force in the paint. Yeah, Boogie was good. Boogie, man, good times in sack. That I think that era of Sacramento gets fans like us on edge about where the current state of the Kings is now. And that's why I think when it, when it uh, comes to deer and Fox, I think we we're on edge about it. Cause it's like, all right, this is the second time in a row. Now that you really have got that dude, let's do something like let's, let's, let's for once, you know, like for once, man, let's, let's do it. Right. So, um, Hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan, uh, pretty active on social media. Love to interact. If you want to support Kingscast slide down after the show, please give us a five star review so we can get more Kings fans just like you, uh, as we, come close to episode 100 which is looking forward to that one so with that for ryan this is eric go kings thanks
This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.